Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hockey Jersey Addicts, the podcast and support group for the addicted hockey jersey fan to talk twill, wool, acrylic, and polyester. Join us as we share what we've learned and uncovered about the game of hockey through collecting, restoring, customizing, and selling hockey jerseys. Around here, no jersey is too small or too big, too new or game-worn, too loud or too proud. We see everyone as equal and explore a diverse range of topics ongoing in the hockey community. We'll also dive into the vault with hockey history, trivia, and reminisce as much as possible about the grails we've got, the thrift store finds, and the watchlist wants. So put on some polyester, give us a listen, and if you like what you hear and want more, make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast station and social media of choice at Hockey Jersey Addicts. And remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in for another episode. This will be our last episode during Black History Month, and I want to thank all my guests for being part of our diversity and inclusion discussions. My goal this month was to have on Black guests within the hockey community to share their experiences and their outreach efforts. So we talked to Rico Phillips, a Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award winner and the OHL's Director of Cultural Diversity and Inclusion, learning more about his Flint Inner City Youth Hockey Program. Uh, We talked to Terry Smith, the San Jose Sharks' primary logo designer and original artist, and how he's designing jerseys and skates and other incredible merch to help sell and raise funds for grassroots efforts like Black Girls Hockey Club. And today, we're chatting with Jalen Smerick, who is a player on the AHL Tucson Roadrunners, who is partnering with his team to auction off his game-worn jersey from last season to benefit youth hockey in his home community in Detroit. Before I interviewed any of these guests, I definitely was aware that prejudices and stereotypes and racism existed in hockey, but I didn't understand and never will just to what extent those issues still plague hockey today. And I want to encourage all of us to keep having these conversations past February, no matter how difficult they may make you feel, because it's important to recognize whatever discomfort comes from talking is still less than the discomfort that minorities feel on a daily basis. And also, don't worry, guys, it doesn't have to be just difficult conversations to learn more about the past. You can also work to have constructive dialogue to work on fixing the future and be part of the social activism you want to see. So you'll learn from my talk today with Jalen that these efforts towards change require allies and partnerships. So keep talking because you never know what can happen. For example, I can't help but notice how Terry Smith designed custom skates for Bauer, the World Junior Hockey Championships a month earlier debuted national designs on Bauer skates, and now perhaps Terry Smith can design a skate for the OHL, collaborating with Rico Phillips. Who knows, right? And for those of you who listened to our episode with Terry, he asked the Jersey community to try and advocate for more ways to raise funds. And since then, I've had some talks with the San Jose Sharks president, marketing department, and now I'm meeting with next week their Teal for Change Council. So things can happen, just keep talking. And I'm pretty sure Jalen is on this show 
because he knows Rico and now I know Rico, but I didn't know either of these people a month ago and now I am just totally inspired. So enjoy this episode with Jalen and his perspective on the situation and what he's doing for his community. Please consider supporting Jalen's outreach by bidding on his jersey or making a donation to the Detroit Ice Dreams Youth Hockey Association. Depending on when you listen to this episode, there's a few auctions going on, so I recommend looking into them as soon as possible for a chance to own something related to hockey diversity and inclusion. So head over to the Washington Capitals website, the San Jose Sharks website, and or the Tucson Road runners website for more info and enjoy this week's episode thanks for listening hey guys welcome back to another episode of hockey jersey addicts it's dan aka van can fan 75 and today i have the pleasure of being joined by Jalen Sem is it Smerik? Am I saying that right? Yeah. And yeah. uh Jalen is quite the individual. He's a hockey player for the AHL Roadrunners in Tucson. And he's also been a pro hockey player in that organization for as long as they've been there, if I'm not mistaken. And uh he's from the Detroit, Michigan area. Uh grew up playing hockey, friends with uh, a good friend of ours, Rico Phillips. Um, just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, Jalen. And why don't you say hi to everybody out there listening? Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me and hello to everyone out there watching, you know, the podcast. Well, thanks for coming on again. And, um, today we're recording just a few hours after, uh, Tucson tweeted out that Jalen's putting up for auction a game worn Jersey that he wore during last season with uh, the proceeds going towards the Detroit Ice Dreams Hockey Association, which is a nonprofit youth hockey organization that uh, minimizes the barriers preventing underrepresented communities from access to ice hockey in um, the Detroit area through his buddy, I believe, Jason behind that. Um, so that's some pretty amazing news, really great idea, really smart of you, Jalen, um, wanted to get your thoughts around that. Why, why you decided to do that? Who came up with the idea and also say thanks for doing it. Cause it's a really sweet, good cause. Yeah, no, um, you know, our, uh, our broadcaster actually came up to me and he was kind of just talking to me. He's like, Hey, you know, I was talking to front office and you know, blah, blah, blah. We were uh, thinking, you know, we could put together something to do for you and uh, just to kind of celebrate Black History Month, if that's okay with you. And I was like, yeah, no, I, um, I didn't think of anything, but, you know, if you guys have anything, I'm always willing, you know, open arms or whatever and kind of figure it out from there. And uh, they kind of came up with the idea that they had a jersey line around and, um, and then, you know, they said, let's put it off for auction. And they came to me and I said, do you have anybody that you want to donate, you know, the, the money to, or, you know, a charity or a rink back home. And first thing that popped to my mind was, you know, Jason McCrimmon's group, you know, the Detroit, um, ice dreams. And I think that was just the biggest thing for me is just being able to help out in such a big way. I think, um, after, you know, 
COVID and everything and <clears throat> everyone having, you know, kind of money problems and um, life problems and family problems and everything that's going on. So I think that'd be huge for, you know, just that program to kind of help that keep running. Oh yeah, absolutely. And cool how your mind's kind of going towards back home and your community um, when they came to you with the opportunity. Was any of that kind of based off of your experience working with the youth, being part of that organization already, and just the influence perhaps someone like Rico Phillips and his Flint inner city youth hockey program had on you at all? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, I met Jason, um, kind of, you know, it's on my own, actually, he was a family friend before, but I kind of, you know, met him and, um, you know, we started clicking and, you know, he became a mentor and a friend and, you know, kind of um, just someone to talk to hockey about as well. So um, it was kind of like the best of both worlds. And I met him at like 15 or 16. So it was huge for me. And then I went off to Flint when I was, uh, what, 18, 19 or well, 19 I was. And, you know, when I got there, I met Rico and he had that great program. And both these guys at the time are running, you know, really good programs about, you know, non nonprofit programs or, and, uh, you know, just giving back to kids and me working a summer camp with kids and loving kids. I just thought it'd be a great opportunity for me to work with both those programs and kind of fill out what I wanted to do with, um, my future and, you know, the game after hockey and while I'm still playing the game. So. Yeah, that's, uh, dude, that's, that's so cool to have those people around you to learn lessons from, because I think it starts with somebody, but you're also trying to be a model for other people to follow. Right. And so you want to be trying to do the right thing and put your best foot forward or skate forward in this case. And I just appreciate you trying to represent, you know, um, the communities with, with class. And also I, I understand that, you know, you're representing hockey and organizations at the same time and trying to prove to people, maybe that someone like you from your community um, doesn't need to resort to um, traditional sports in their community. Like hockey is available and accessible to them. It feels like you're trying to work towards that mission. Is, is that correct? Is that kind of what you want to be seeing? Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely kind of want to get out of the mindset. I mean, um, I've been asked kind of the same question for a little while now. Um, and my thing is just like, I kind of got teased when I was growing up and the joke was like, Hey, like you play hockey, like you can't like have a say so here or there. And it's like, it was so crazy to me. Like it, like every single time I hear it, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like that's kind of mind blowing. Like you just like our minds are so fixed that we like can't play this sport or we can't do this. And, you know, it's, it's just not us or, you know, it's, it's not normal for us to do this. So, you know, I think that was just huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder too, if um, like Rico is telling me a little bit about his experience playing as a player growing up and how in order to fit in, he would almost try to, like conform to the stereotypes that they had put on him just to like make them more relaxed and help him feel like he was more relaxed as a result, instead of being like more true to himself. Have you ever felt or been feeling like you want to be put under a pressure to be somebody that you're not out there instead of like who you are? 
Uh, no, I don't think. I mean, I think for the most part, I'm always myself. Um, I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of like, again, like, you know, growing up, I was like, I'd go here, I'd go home and, you know, or I'll go to school and I'm, you know, the white boy and then I go to hockey and I'm the black kid. So it's just like, I've been kind of like on both sides and, you know, I just, I'm always myself. And I think that's what has brought me so far. And, you know, that's why I've been able to make so many different uh, connections with people and connect with people in my life. And I think that's just the biggest thing being myself and kind of being honest with myself. And I mean, what's it like being a captain of an OHL team in Flint, Michigan off the ice? It was huge for me. I mean, I think that was one of, I would say after signing an NHL contract, I think that was my next biggest accomplishment. Um, I don't know. It just, it it brought me a different um, perspective on life, um, different perspective as, as a player um, or just as an individual altogether. And, um, you know, just having guys look up to me and having those young guys come in and kind of follow in my footsteps and having that trust in your coaches and kind of taking on guys on your back and kind of showing the ropes and all that, you know, and I'm not even, like you said, off the ice or, you know, you're, you're going out with them and, you know, you're taking them to lunch, um, you know, whether it's a drive home or whatever it is, um, those things matter. And, you know, when you connect, when you connect with everyone, and you kind of um, venture around and, you know, you kind of, you kind of meet everyone and you get all these kids from all over the country and all over the world. I mean, and, you know, you connect, it's, it's a huge um, thing. You know, you create friendships for a lifetime. So. Yeah, man. I, I think it's wild too, because the OHL is such an interesting league with the diversity that's grown over time in terms of like the, makeup of international players like it's become a breeding ground even at that stage so there's diversity in the league from maybe like different cultures around the world but there's certainly not that diversity from a racial background around the league and no matter what league we're talking about that that exists so I like how these programs are focused at a grassroots level of trying to build the next generation of hockey players out from these programs because You know, I think a big part of this is recognizing that um, most of the time the issue is really because of the lack of um, equipment and the lack of opportunities and funding of programs, which are, when I say just, those are huge things. But we see in communities when those barriers don't exist, sport flourishes. It's an opportunity for people to be involved. So I'm really thankful that there's lots of organizations kind of at a grassroots level doing this. And then also, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, today, or it might've been yesterday, the Pittsburgh Penguins announced the creation of the Willie O'Ree Academy, which is designed to provide unique training, social mentorship opportunities for black youth hockey players in the Pittsburgh region, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah, that's amazing. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. And um, Dick's Sporting Goods is behind that through their youth uh, sport movement. And um, Dick's is based out of Pittsburgh. So it's a, it's a great partnership uh, growing. And I think 
other partnerships that you're doing too. And let me ask you a question. Have you, have you taken some of what you've been doing in the, the communities of Michigan and brought it to the communities of Tucson? Have you had that opportunity to do that over the years? Uh, no, I have not. I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely wanted to, and I definitely, uh, thought about it a lot and, uh, I look forward to doing it, but you know, it's just, it's been kind of a tough situation here, um, bouncing up and down mm-hmm. and not really being full time here in Tucson. Um, I haven't had the chance, but when I definitely, you know, when everything comes down here after COVID and if I come back next year and I'm here full time, I definitely will be out in the community and working. Um, I mean, I've done, you know, the typical community events for, you know, the team, but um, I'd like to get out on my own and kind of um, expand my program as well. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing what might happen from that. But also at the same time, I love how, first of all, there's a tremendous need in Detroit and Michigan and Flint and all of these places. So it's not like your time isn't being well served. And then the other thing is uh, you're coming up with these creative solutions with your club, like doing these Jersey auctions. And um, have you looked yet? Do you know what the price is yet? What we're uh, at? I looked about, I looked about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. I think it was at like four fifty five hundred. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're right there uh, right now. Only four bids and this thing's going on for nine more days. And you're already at the same price as some of the game worn jerseys that the Sharks players wore in their Black History Month uh, day on February 15th, just a couple days earlier. So not to not to put a price on your fandom, but I'm just saying you're doing pretty good, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and then also curious that you still have the blue charger that you're popping the hood up, uh, the trunk out of and dishing sandwiches out of. Oh yeah. 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 She's at home for sure. She's waiting for me to come back. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Is, uh, what's your buddy's name Demario? Uh, is he, is he any better at hockey or making, making sandwiches yet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, he's got a little better at hockey, I think, just kind of hanging around me. But, yeah, no, he's definitely got uh, – I had to teach him a little bit. He wasn't putting enough mayonnaise on there for the people, and uh, I think that was the biggest thing. He was being, 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 being stingy with the mayonnaise, so that's not good, but <laughs> we sorted it out. Good. I mean, it's like, come on, there's sauce passes and sauce in, in, in sandwiches. You got to get them right, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I worked at McDonald's for a little bit, so I kind of know what, what's the correct amount of serving. So, Guys, I, I kind of imagine, especially because, so for those of our listeners that don't know, Jalen just is very generous with his time and he's taken it upon himself to serve food to his community in his free time. And um, it's just awesome what you're doing. And I, now, now the McDonald's thing, I can just imagine your like kitchen table being this like gigantic assembly line. And if you could figure out how to put that mayo in a gun and shoot it on each one, I bet you probably <laughs> would. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. If I could pick one of those up at the grocery store, I definitely would put a lot of use to it. Sweet. So, I mean, do you want to see, with with the challenging times with COVID that we're in and we're looking for these creative fundraising solutions for all kinds of worthy causes out there, um, do you think more t- 
teams can take advantage of these kinds of Jersey auctions? Uh, do you think there's other ideas that are out there brewing in your head that maybe we haven't thought of yet that we should be looking at? I mean, I think, um, you know, you could always, you know, there's always, I guess you could kind of call it basic, but you know, uh, um, Jersey, you know, a stick, whatever it is. I mean, um, those things go a long way and just, excuse me, you kind of auction that off and then kind of donate that to a charity or, you know, kind of get a few of those, put the, put the money together and, you know, now you're rolling, you start a program and get kids going or, um, you know, there, there's a bunch of different opportunities out there, but yeah, I definitely think it's, uh, something that, you know, the league and different teams could use and, um, kind of just put out there just to kind of get, get that, uh, that other culture and kind of introduce the game to a different, different style and, you know, new people. Yeah. I, I think, especially right now where fan attendance is kind of hard to know if it's going to stay consistent. I think ideas that rely on anything that would happen at an arena are probably not ones that are as reliable as something like an auction with some game right. used equipment or something. So I love that idea. I'm wondering if you caught wind of the Bauer hockey skates that were designed by Terry Smith uh, for Black History Month. Oh, tell me about it. I'm kind of jealous right now that I didn't get up there. Oof, bro, they're so nice, wish, eh? Definitely wish I st still wore a Bauer. I'd probably DM Bauer and see if they would send me a pair, but yeah, dude, those are unreal. I mean, oh my God. Really creative, and uh, that's amazing that he did that. And, you know, those guys are, are wearing those. I think that's huge. I think so too, man. I think like, I'm trying to figure out how to see more of that as a, as a part of self-expression within the sport, because if you think about it, we've got basketball players with their shoes and football players with their cleats and same with baseball players. And there's even days within the baseball season that they do like nickname jerseys and stuff like that. And right, exactly. like, there's just so many more opportunities to explore like how equipment and design could be used to kind of like see from maybe your artistic, you know, even if you, if you, even if you can't draw dude, even what's in your head, you could tell somebody throw it on a, a pair of skates. And then all of a sudden it's like, damn, those are Jalen skates. I want Jalen skates. Those are freaking cool. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I've always thought about that. I actually, uh, I've seen a picture floating around Twitter. Um, I mean, Instagram a few days ago, I posted, uh, what is it was like Jordan one hockey skates, Nike hockey skates. Like what? They, were, they were, dude, they were unreal. I'd see if I find, find the picture again and send it to you. But literally I posted, I was like, uh, what I think I tagged Jordan and I said, what do I got to Jordan? And like, yeah, I think I tagged. I said, what do I got to do for a pair of these or something? Oh, I mean, shit. dude, yeah. I, I think that'd be amazing, man. And just kind of like, I don't know, hockey's kind of, I guess you could, most people would say it's boring, um, you know, as far as like kind of showing that, that, uh, that swagger and that, yeah. that, that uh, whatever you want to call it, that kind of paraphernalia or whatever. And, um, but I think it's pretty cool, man. Like I love OBJ's cleats. I would oh. love to get a pair of those. Like those are the sickest <sighs> things. 
Dude, there's so many sweet like designs that these guys come out with and it makes it, i'm not surprised these guys are artists on the fields like and they're creative like why would it stop at art right of course not um but also man like it's just i think it's overdue i don't want to totally dominate and take over that comment you made about like the nhl or hockey being a little bit more boring but it's so true man there's it's there's traditional and then there's boring and they just need to experiment more i think they need to be a little bit more open communication with their players about ideas and opportunities um i think it i think the good news though is like i'm seeing these designs and just taking your story like you're seeing something on social media and you're like see i want to be a part of that somehow at mention these people how do we make this happen so the conversation is moving the momentum's going um and you know a thing i think that maybe might be worth looking into is the ahl just announced a new five-year deal with ccm and they're going to be like the new well not new the continued supplier of equipment to the ahl and so there's opportunities to use that new contract extension as a way to celebrate and you could start seeing artistic expression in sticks and definitely jerseys definitely yeah. jerseys that's what i was going to say man so i mean that's a great opportunity there and then they're not the official supplier of skates for the AHL because I feel like that's probably more of like a personal thing for the players. Like you can, you can put me in whatever you want, but I'm used to these skates, like personally from right. skating, yeah. that's kind of no, how sure. I feel too. Um, but that doesn't mean that we couldn't start exploring ways of like connecting dots. Right. And being like, yeah. yo, Terry Smith, I know you can now design for Bauer and you get the concept CCM's knocking at the door because they want to work with you. And I got Jalen chomping at the bit to collab with you. Like that to me sounds pretty awesome as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I'd love to. I mean, like, well, I think, you know, sticks usually go batch of 12. Like I could yeah. get a batch of, you know, like six sticks, 12 sticks and, you know, get a cool design on there or something. Nothing too crazy, you know, because it is your stick, but like, you know, just a little something that kind of gets some flavor and get some creativity going, I think would be nice. You know, it would be sick too is like, cause I know how, yeah, you're saying they come in batches, right? Have you ever seen yeah. like books on the spine where the art is spread across like the 12 books? So when you have the whole set, it makes like a mosaic. You could like yeah. put a little design across that whole batch. So like, it's still a little bit for every stick, but like right, together exactly. it would be like this bomb ass looking mosaic, like, hell yeah. yeah. It'd be like anything, you know, like that'd definitely be sick. But like, dude, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought, I think about it all the time, um, you know, and I was like, I'm like, dude, like, what can I do to like get some creativity to go on like in the world of hockey? And, you know, I kind of want to be that first guy to kind of bring it to hockey and just kind of change it up a bit. And mm -hmm. I don't know, man, I just feel like it's so hard. Yeah. It's, it's almost like teams are so strict against it. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and pretend like the league has 
unlimited pockets of financial stability right now. We're dealing with a pandemic. The NHL, for Pete's sake, is taking out a $1 billion loan. Like, It's not like they're ready to throw money at things that aren't a sure thing. But at the same token, there's definitely money allocated to good causes. And it's just a matter of pleading your case, in my opinion. And um, let's take someone like... Uh, uh, Mohamed Fofana, who is the um, director of sale, executive sales for the Sharks organization. Super cool dude. Definitely not an artist by title, but he designed those warm-up jerseys that I said were auctioned off for starting at $500 a pop. And I don't know, man, there's Maybe there's someone within the the Roadrunners that's like, yeah, we need a warm up jersey, we need a practice jersey. You want to help design a jersey with us? Um, you're a you're a video game dude. Maybe like I can help figure out people at EA Sports. I know a guy in Burnaby because I used to live up there. Maybe there's like some jerseys we could put in the game or something like that would be yeah. be cool, you know? Yeah, that would for sure be cool. So. I think this is cool because the whole equipment auctioning off for good causes or designing things that could benefit a cause um, and involve the athlete are like definitely here right now and definitely a thing. And I think the AHL needs to get involved, I think, and uh, at the level that I've seen other organizations, if they can, you know. Yeah, yeah so, no, I 100% agree. So let me, let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, why your head went right to, um, this organization in Detroit, as soon as they asked you, is it, is it because this, this thing with Jason has been something you've been a part of for many, many years, and it's just kind of your go-to place when you go back home? Uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, I, I help out. Um, you know, when I'm definitely at home and when I can, but, uh, it's definitely not, you know, my, my go-to place. Um, you know, like I, I kind of do my own thing and, um, with me doing that and, you know, the couple things that I do as far as giving back, uh, it's pretty tough to kind of do that. And, you know, other stuff as far as giving back yeah. with trying to work out and skate and, you know, spend time with my family. So. I'm basically kind of just on my own in the summer and then I help out when I can. But I mean, when I heard it, I mean, I, I just figured there was no better group that I could have, you know, gave this to. And, um, I just wanted to thank, you know, I really wanted to thank Jason too. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he brought me on as, uh, a skills coach. He has a, uh, junior team as well. So he brought me on as a skills coach and, you know, he, he kept me going and he, you know, he kept, money in my pocket as you know like a paycheck so you know it was good for me I think that was huge um just kind of being able to coach a game and still connect with kids and teach kids and stay you know connected to the game mm -hmm. and then um you know kind of get a paycheck for it and experience that coaching lifestyle I mean I was on the bench for games and stuff like dude, it was, it was pretty intense I actually coached a couple teams so you know I got to see the other side of it um and it was just amazing but yeah no for sure I mean like when I heard this I I thought instantly you know especially with there only being one 
rink open in Detroit right now. And oh, I don't even wow. think right now it's open due to COVID, you know, because there, there was two rinks, but the one got shut down by the city. So now there's only one rink and it's down. So just kind of helping them there and kind of donating that money to that organization. Hopefully the rink gets back up and running and we can help and everything can get rolling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen some programs to try to introduce the game by playing floor hockey in a gym or something if, if rinks are closed down, but it's kind of the same problem. The rinks are closed down because you can't get groups together. So that that's the same thing at a gym. Right. But um, yeah, exactly. I like these creative solutions while we can. Let's talk about your creative uh, endeavors with what you would like to do with um, giving back to the community beyond what you're doing right now. I think while you're handing out these sandwiches or while you're thinking of these awesome designs, clearly your mind is in this place of, I want to give back. How do I give back more? What do I do next time? So do you have any ideas cooking around or just things that you've been thinking about that um, you'd like to see happen or, or you're working on right now? Um, right now I'm working on, um, just kind of connecting with a few organizations as far as like gym wise. Um, like I said before, I worked at a camp with kids when I was, you know, in high school. So two summers ago, actually, while I was passing out sandwiches, I was able to kind of start my own nonprofit as well and get in to the gym with these kids at the summer camp and teach them floor hockey. So, I mean, that was pretty cool, but, um, it was like, it was so amazing to see man and just kind of you watch some of the kids play and they're like well, what am I going to do with this at first and then I start playing they're like man we love this like when are you coming back like can you come tomorrow please and it's like I'm only doing once a week man and they're like can you come every day or you know and it, it's pretty cool to see so no I think the next thing for me is just teaching uh just kind of different sports and um just talking to kids about life I mean I think I've been through um some pretty tough times I think I've been through not everything but um I've seen some different things and I think I can connect with a lot of people because I made a lot of friendships so if I haven't experienced it I sure definitely know someone who has hmm. and I think I could connect them and I could kind of bring in you know these people that have been able to move forward in life and kind of stay away from you know the stuff that we don't want to get into um, and I think that's huge, just having a positive role model to show kids, especially from Detroit or just, mm -hmm. you know, um, commute, but not, not so good communities that, um, there is another way out, you know, whether it's, you know, um, hockey sports or, you know, doctor, whatever it is, you know, there's just not streets and, you know, gangs and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I definitely, I'm looking forward to, uh, expanding the floor hockey, keeping that going and then maybe even try, you know, lacrosse and maybe even get some tennis in there, you know, just different sports like that right. to expose it to kids and, um, in my community at a young age, at a younger age than we're used to seeing it at. So I think that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Uh, because the big problem, right, is just finding that activity to keep them occupied and give them the opportunity to know that there's something else out there. Love to see more hockey players. Don't get me wrong, man. Like, 
dude, it would be great. But anything better is better than the, the traditional alternative. Sometimes it's what we're trying to preach here. And that's great. When I was growing up playing hockey and traveling a lot, um, teams did have different makeups of players in the different uh, communities and cities that I went into. And it didn't seem to matter where I was uh, or how old I was. Like there was always incidences of racism going on. And I was very disappointed to see that. And I think one of the things that was, I, I think good in my education growing up was I knew it was wrong, but I didn't, I didn't have any education or training to know what to do about it. I didn't know how to address it. I didn't know what my place was when that situation came up. And I'm kind of wondering from you if like, I'm sure through all of your efforts that you've been participating in, um, are kids coming up to you asking you like, Hey, what should I have done? Or asking you, Hey, what can I do if this happens? Because the reason I ask that is I want to know if they think like it's an inevitability or if you're trying to prepare them for what you think is an inevitability. Um, yeah, no, I mean, um, I talked to, um, a few different groups of kids and, you know, they kind of ask me, you know, different things. And I tell them, um, you know, this, this stuff can happen, you know, in this sport, but it can also happen in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you can't really live your life in a box or under a rock. I mean, you have to get out there and it's bound to happen, but it's all about how you face it and what you do with it and, um, the way you attack the situation. Um, I think for me at a young age, I attacked it in the wrong manner, kind of just holding it in and building anger. Um, but now I, I think it, I just, I turn it into something positive and kind of look at it from a different perspective as, you know, it, it's just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm better than that. There's no need for me to kind of, you know, there's no need for me to get out of my character or do this or do that. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've tried to teach the kids and especially like teenagers that when something like this happens, don't throw away, especially not, you know, outside of a sport, don't throw, throw away your life or ruin your career for, you know, just a few words that someone said, because they're mad because you're better than them at something or they don't like you or they don't like the color of your skin. Um, and I think that's just the biggest thing. And I think also just talking to someone about it, I think that's the hugest, the best thing. I mean, like we look at it, um, like you look at suicidal or like, uh, you know, drug problems, like what do they tell you? Like, you know, you, you need to talk to someone. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing when you face these problems, just talking to someone and having an open conversation about it to kind of get it off your mind and kind of watch it, you know, as you spit it out of your mouth, it kind of goes away, you know, and it, it just flies away and, and it's out of your mind and it's out of your head. And, you know, you, hopefully you can get out of your life and move forward and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, good advice. And, and, and I, I think that's a good thing that you're adding to, to what you're doing. Did you have the privilege of being around some good people to talk to growing up? Uh, I know you have some older brothers, I believe. And 
So maybe they were, they were helpful in this because either maybe they kind of had your back or you kind of, I imagine we're hanging around the rinks with them, maybe seeing this unfold too. So. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, um, like I said, I, I was the kid that, um, would kind of just hold everything in and kind of just keep it to myself because I was afraid of, you know, what would happen, how my family would react. Um, not to me, but, you know, so far as whoever did it or whoever said it. Um, so I, most of the time I just, I just held it in and I didn't really say anything about it, but no, I definitely, as I got older and I watched my brother play, um, you know, cause he was only my second oldest brother. He was only six years. He's only six years older than me. So I was able to kind of grow up and actually really watch the games and see what was going on out there. And, um, I mean, he was more of a fighter than I was. I was more of a kind of just like a, a skill guy. I, I didn't really like all the confrontation, but, okay. um, he, he was, he was a fighter for sure. So, you know, when it happened to him, he would kind of, you know, fight and react, you know, a different way than I would. But at the same time, he told me, you know, hey, I don't want to see you act the same way I did. I want you to handle it the right way. Because, you know, it always happens when, like I said, when you react to something like that and you make that decision to react to that situation, nine times out of 10, you're looked at as the bad person, right? So, mm -hmm. um I think that was just the biggest thing, being able to connect with him on that and him kind of just teaching me those steps through life and kind of helping me with that. Yeah, what an interesting um, parallel. I didn't kind of think it was the case. Um, I'm always trying to think, think of excuses to relate sport to real life, but I think one that you just made me aware of is like, and people say things on the ice to get under your skin all the time. And sometimes what they're doing is they're hoping you're going to be the one with the penalty at the end of it so that they then go on the advantage. And that takes place off the, off the ice too. You know, people are yeah. trying to rattle you and get under your skin to get the advantage over you, you know? And, um, yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing that's unfortunately true is sometimes when these incidences occur, there's so much energy that you can then focus on trying to be part of the solution. Do I want to chase up the, the flagpole and try to like go down the accountability angle and reprimand that person so that they never do that again? Well, Yes, you should. And also that process shouldn't be that difficult. But if it is proving difficult, then you can either get frustrated and do nothing or direct that attention and energy towards taking matters into your own hands and solving it your own way. And I'm not saying yep. this is what's happened to you. I'm just saying I've noticed that you're doing a really good job at taking your energy under how you can control it and appropriate it to really good causes towards like a really good solution. Yes, no, for sure. So thanks, man. I just wanted to say really, really appreciate it. Um, and also thanks for the time today. I mean, I've really enjoyed talking to you about this and also um, what you've done today with the Jersey auction. Uh, I wanted to let people know where they could go to check out the, the auction. So if they go to the TucsonRoadrunners.com website, it's on the homepage right now. 
but this auction is going on for nine more days. So if you go to tucsonroadrunners.com forward slash dreams, it'll take you right to the page to um, donate on this jersey. And uh, nine days from today would be the 28th. So I think it's going to stop around maybe the 28th or, oh, I guess it's going to stop around midnight uh, on the 1st of March. So that gives you guys some idea to go to uh, the website, tucsonroadrunners.com forward slash dreams and bid on Jason Smerick's jersey uh, that he wore in a game last season with the proceeds going to the Detroit Ice Dreams Hockey Association. So just wanted to plug that, say thank you for the time. Thank you for all you're doing, um, but also pass you the mic to give any shout outs, maybe where we can follow you on social media to keep up on those uh, the happenings. And also just in case you wanted to give any shout outs to anyone back home or on your team or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I gotta say shout out to the, uh, to the boys in the locker room, uh, gang, gang, um, <laughs> definitely say hello to everyone back home. And, um, I definitely miss my family. And then, uh, just for, I would love if everyone could follow me, uh, uh for my nonprofit at, um, underscore J Smerick. Same as my Instagram. My Instagram is underscore jsmerrick5. And then the nonprofit is underscore jsmerrick. And you'll kind of see um, what I kind of do. And it's just kind of a, a um, page for everything else that goes on outside of my hockey life. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think that's about it. All right. Well, Jalen... Thanks so much for spending time with me this evening. Uh, we'll be sure to give you a follow on social medias and follow you as the season unfolds and follow this auction to see if you can raise more money than Patty Marlowe, which I think is, <laughs> is possible if we do a good job. So thanks a lot, man. Have a great one and uh, good luck with this season. Be safe, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me too, man. I got to say, I was waiting to compliment you on that jersey there. That's a pretty good one you got. Might have to auction that one off. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I got the reverse retro one downstairs as well, the, the peyote one. It's looking sweet. I just am a big hockey jersey guy, so might as well make a podcast and talk about it. It makes you seem less crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's awesome, honestly. I mean, I, I think we got some pretty cool ones. Uh added to oh, dude. Our, our collection this year. So that's going to be nice. Yeah. I saw some of the, I, I didn't think it was normal now for teams to do Jersey release schedules, but I love that they do because this Kachina one that you guys put into your lineup is sick. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, so. the, uh, fifth year anniversary one too. is yeah. pretty nice. Oh yeah. So it'll be pretty nice. Heck yeah. So that's man. Always good. And you know what else? The, the one that you're going to design next year is going to be dope. That's, that's what I'm calling. Yeah. I definitely got to get a, sh a shout out to Nike and Jordan. Maybe yeah. we can uh, get some skates hooked up here or something and come up with some, maybe even an old hockey stick or something. I don't know. But, <sighs> what do you uh, skate on then? <laughs> uh, I got shoes. Okay, sweet. Yeah. That, that brand's really doing 
it's taken off, man. But that was really yeah, not a brand when I played. Movie. I'm just like, holy crap, this guy, this, this freaking brand's awesome. So sweet, man. Well, I look forward to that news breaking and, um, I can't show you cause I'm under a verbal NDA, but, um, I talked to Terry Smith, like last week, the guy who does the sharks logo and, um, yeah. he's doing the diversity and inclusion Jersey for March 20th for the sharks. And it's fucking sick. It's so fucking dope. Like it's the one thing I will tell you is that why I love it so much is because what's going on here. There is no sharks logo whatsoever. It's like, yeah, it's like, Oh my God, man. Oh my God. It's, uh, I mean, I get excited about pretty much every Jersey though. So that's kind of like, you can't really read my face from any of that, but, um, (laughs) I also tried to get, um, so Rico's like a big sneaker guy and, uh, Terry is, um, little, not a lot of people know, but Terry designed a pair of Converse shoes for the sharks, but only for the sharks players like five years ago. And they're fucking dope. So I'm trying to get Terry to talk to Rico because Rico's in the director of cultural diversity and inclusion position now and try to get him through his contacts to fund money for Terry to do design for the OHL on skates or whatever. I don't know. But, um, then because like once they know each other, then like, dude, First of all, you can email Terry whenever you want yourself, but that guy is awesome. He's so willing to work with people. So um, normally I don't speak on people's behalves and say like, this is a possibility, but Terry's a really good guy. So is Rico. Everyone I've been talking to this last month has seemed really positive about these kinds of initiatives. So uh, I want to keep you in touch and in the loop about what might happen. Um, just to see if, you know, if there's any influence I can have of getting you in there when it's like, okay, cool. I want to do as a design. Who should I, to, I, you know, I can like, boom, talk to these people like right away, you know, like as soon as it happens. So. No, for sure. No, I'll definitely do that. And I might even have to hit them up for a pair of those Converse. See if you can make me a pair. I mean, I'm a big sneaker guy too. I love shoes. So. I think that would be pretty dope. I mean, um, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm definitely going to have to contact him and try to get some going here. Yeah. Did you ever play God of War? No. Okay. Have you heard of that game? No. Okay. It's a video game that was super popular not too long ago. The guy is an artist. He doesn't just do like hockey shit. Like he, he designed like the art for that video game that makes like millions of dollars. Dude is so talented. It's insane. Okay. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Um, Cool. I'll text you his website just to get you going on that front. So you have a place to hit him up, um, check him out, but man, good luck with the season. Thanks again for the time. Um, Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. See you, Jalen. Stay safe.